landfill only has about 22 years more of life capacity on it. So really, that's a resource to our community. We need to protect that landfill capacity because when our landfill closes, we're going to have to truck it out of county at a cost. Again, that now you have all these greenhouse gases for outhauling and it's just not a very sustainable system. So the whole goal of zero waste is to preserve that resource. Welcome to Sebastopol City Limits, a podcast. We'll be talking to folks inside and outside the Sebastopol City Limits about local government, education, and culture. I'm Dale Doherty with the Sebastopol Times. Our guest today likes to look at what's in your trash, figuratively speaking. Leslie Lukash is the executive director of Zero Waste Sonoma. Let's just say that she'd be happy if we didn't generate any trash. But her job is to look at the county and reduce its waste and increase reuse and recycling. First of all, welcome, Leslie, to the first podcast for Sebastopol Times. Would you start by just giving us some background? How do we know you as a person? Great. Thank you so much for having me. So my name's Leslie Lukash. I worked in the space of recycling, composting, zero waste, uh, material management for the last 25 years. For my first 20 years, I was actually a consultant. And I currently, for the previous three years, I am currently the executive director of a government agency called Zero Waste Sonoma. And that was formally named something else. It was formally named the Sonoma County Waste Management Agency, but that was a confusing name for the general public because people would think that the agency was the hauler or we operated the landfill. Our goal is to reduce the amount of materials going to the landfill and recycling and composting and reusing as much as possible. And so- Our agency is called a Joint Powers Authority, and the reason why it was formed was because back in 1989, there was a pretty revolutionary law called AB 939, which required every single city in the state of California to recycle 50% by the year 2020. And so it put a lot of responsibilities on cities to figure out how to set up these recycling systems. And many communities like Sonoma County decided to form a joint powers authority, which means our agency represents each of the 10 jurisdictions in Sonoma County, and we help them be in compliance with all these regulations through the state. So we have a regulatory obligation to set up all these programs on behalf of the jurisdictions. And we have our own board of directors, which is a representative and mainly an elected official from each of the jurisdictions on our board. Mm-hmm. So are those jurisdictions cities or towns? It is the nine cities and okay. the county of Sonoma. I'd like to actually come back to that that 2020 target. Did we make that? I believe we did. Most jurisdictions throughout the state actually made that 50% diversion target. So you were in the news recently. Your organization got a grant from the state to begin to open redemption centers and make it possible for people to return uh, their bottles and cans and get back their deposits. So you set up the first one at the community church in Sebastopol. And what's the background on this? How did this come about? It came about over um, time. Sonoma County used to have 24 CRV collection centers. Those were 
typically at the back of your <laughs> grocery store. And it was really convenient at the point of purchase. You could go get your five cents back. But the way that the state manages the redemption payback systems to these facilities is a little bit long and onerous. And it caused this chain reaction for over half of these facilities to close throughout these, the state of California. And most of those in the Bay Area, unfortunately. So as mentioned, Sonoma County had 24 and they only had four left when, when I started as executive director three years ago. So we know that there's a need for these facilities. Um, they were utilized by our community and a grant came out to try and help um, solve this issue of all these closures throughout the state. And they were only going to do a pilot with five communities so Sonoma County was one of five to receive a million dollars to try and bring back these facilities. So we wrote an application to bring back 10 through the most underserved areas of the community. And that's why um, Sebastopol was one of our first ones. We are going to do um, Healdsburg's next, then a couple in Santa Rosa, and um, spreading from there to get 10 of these facilities up and running. Right. Are these facilities short-term solutions or are are they going to last for a while? Our current formation is a short-term solution, and that is that the facility kiosk, I should call it, is manned. Our goal is actually to have these facilities uh, not manned and be automated. But in order to do that, we have to invest in equipment for the automation, which we are working on. Having these staffed in person is where we're at we're now, and then we'll evolve to an automated system, following a system that's used in Oregon. So are the, does the down. technology already exist to do this? You just dump your cans in and it counts them for you or what? Pretty much. You yeah. get a bag and it has a barcode and you are registered through our system and the barcode will match your identity. You pretty much put your bag with the barcode into the kiosk and then that material gets picked up every few days. It gets taken to the Petaluma Recycling Center, will be sorted on site, but this machine will scan the bag, scan the contents within the bag, and be able to redeem you within three days of you dropping okay. off the bag is, is our intent. And are these cans ultimately recycled, these cans oh, and yes. bottles? Okay. 100%. Yeah. These are the highest value of beverage container material because they are separated and cleaned. How about the blue containers on the sidewalk? What's happening to the... To the things we throw in there. It depends what city you live in. We have three different haulers in Sonoma County, but Recology Services, eight out of the 10. Sebastopol is one of them. So for Sebastopol, the truck comes to your house and the material gets delivered to the material recovery facility located on Standish in Santa Rosa. And from there, the material is dumped in conveyor belt. And there is a series of manual labor as well as engineer technology to separate all those materials you just put into the blue bin. I should say that the material that the recycling facility receives for separating, there's about a 20% contamination rate. So it's our job and the hauler's job to continue to improve outreach and education. But we find things like, or I say the hauler find things like diapers, hoses, plastic bags um, in the recycling bin because society or people want to do the right thing. So they do something what we call wish cycling. Well, I don't know if then it goes, so I wish if I just put it in the recycling bin, maybe. I I can see that makes 
kind of good sense. Maybe they'll recycle it if I put it in the right bin. And so they sort these things and then they go downstream to someone else. That's right? correct. They, they have brokers. So after the material gets separated, the recyclables get separated through the material recovery facility. Those recyclables are bailed and um, they store those bales on site in Santa Rosa until they have enough to get a truck. And they truck these bales to wherever the broker has marketed the sale. Luckily, here in Sonoma County, all of our recyclables stay domestic except paper right now. All of the material that I should say Recology is picking up. I mean, like so we have, and- yes, some of the fibers are um, shipped abroad, but the plastics, the metals, the glass, those all stay within the United States and, and even within California. How about the other things that we don't put in the trash, but need to be returned. I'm thinking of electronics and chemicals and other things like that. Do do you guys manage all that? That is what we manage. We do, we operate our own household hazardous waste facility that's open up two days a week to the businesses, two days a week to the public, actually three days a week to the public. And so that's always open for use and it's for free. So if any resident out there has any chemicals or batteries, lights, solvents, you can just drop them off at our facility for free. You don't even have to get out of the car. We'll come right to your window, pick it up. And then every single week, somewhere in the community, we also do a collection event for electronic waste. And sometimes we do additional materials like mattresses. We promote the paint program. That's the take back program. Wherever you purchase paint, you can bring your um, remaining paint and or remaining can um, back to the point of sale. So we manage all of that household hazardous waste uh, products for Sonoma County. Let me ask you this. Has the amount of trash that we produce as a county, has it increased? Has it decreased? It's actually decreasing pounds per person per day. I think we're at about four pounds per person per day. I've seen it as high as seven pounds per person per day. So we're doing better in terms of reducing the amount of waste we're throwing away per person. But we do know that quite a bit of what we dispose is still recyclable or compostable. And how we know that is because we do waste characterization studies about every five to seven years. We actually just finished up our uh, most recent waste characterization study last week at the landfill where we were sorting out trash that people dispose. And our report should be done in about six weeks from now. And that'll give us a snapshot telling us how much recyclables and organics and household hazardous waste are making their way to the landfill. The state has put regulation on all of our jurisdictions, probably the most radical legislation as compared to the first one I mentioned to you, AB 939. This new one is SB 1383, and it requires every single resident household, as well as every single business to divert compostable materials. Compostable materials are your green waste, your food waste, your paper soil products like a paper plate and a paper bowl, as long as they don't have plastic lining. Those cannot go into the landfill. And it's not necessarily a waste management law as it is a climate law. The state saw that one of their biggest producers of methane um, and methane being a very potent greenhouse gas, 72 times more potent than even carbon is over, you know, 20 years. One of the single biggest producers of methane in our state is our landfills. 
And it's the organic matter. When that organic matter goes into that environment where there is no air, the byproduct of that is it breaks down and it produces methane, which escapes into the atmosphere. So let me just repeat that because that's really interesting. So one of the biggest sources of, in fact, air pollution, if you will, gas for climate change is our landfills. Absolutely. Uh, and it's and the organics. Just, it's the organics in there that's, the that's causing methane. You have to be in compliance of this law by January 1st of this year. So we are rolling out. We're working closely with our haulers, uh, making sure that everybody has the right education to not put organic material into the waste bin, as well as making sure that all businesses that generate organic material have the right bins and the right education. This law is punitive at the state level to the jurisdictions if they're not in compliance. So the state is very serious about the issue of producing methane from our landfills and, and how to how to address this. It's radical for all. Any idea how much composting is going on or how much people can return these in a separate bin, right? Um, all that material that I mentioned goes into your green bin. From there, we also manage um, those contracts. From there, right now, hauling the organic material to three compost facilities outside of Sonoma County, one in Mendoza, one in Napa, and then one just across the border, there's a a compost facility just south of Petaluma. We used to have a compost facility here in Sonoma County, but it was shut down probably about 10 years ago. Our agency is working to bring a compost facility back to Sonoma County because we want to process that material locally. As we have high demand for um, organic compost in Sonoma County, being an agricultural county. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't make sense to truck all this great resources out of our county and then other trucks go to those compost facilities just to bring it right back. So we are looking at that. I read an interesting article uh, recently on on community composting of trying Mm -hmm. to get it happening at a neighborhood level. I think that was an interesting idea instead of hauling it out of your neighborhood, trying to find someone who wants to manage that on a local basis. Yeah, the community composting does happen in Sonoma County and the regulations are getting easier and easier to do that. So uh, on a big picture here, what kind of progress do we have to make to get to be a county that I I guess, deals with its own waste locally and maybe what you mean by zero waste. What's that goal and when do you think we can get there? Big questions. But first off, our landfill only has about 22 years more of life capacity on it. So really, that's a resource to our community. We need to protect that landfill capacity because when our landfill closes, we're going to have to truck it out of county at a cost. Again, that now you have all these greenhouse gases for outhauling and it's just not a very sustainable system. So the whole goal of zero waste is to preserve that resource, trying to minimize the use of products that are only destined to the land. Like for example, products like styrofoam, it may not weigh a lot in a composition study, but it's just a problematic product. It breaks down into smaller pieces. When it escapes in the environment, it gets into our waterways pretty easily, waterways to the ocean, to the fish, to us. So really, zero waste is looking upstream. How do we not create the waste in the first place? And then it looks downstream at the materials that we're using and recycling. Are using They should be recyclable, compostable, reusable. And it's an uphill battle because you think about when you go to the grocery store, all the packaging 
that is used. And it's sometimes confusing for consumers when they buy things, what goes where. So that's where the education really comes to the public of how do we get them to either purchase properly so that they are purchasing for reuse, recycle, and compost, and then putting materials in the same bin. Something really exciting that I've seen happen in Sonoma County during the pandemic is we now have five reuse refill stores in Sonoma County. We had zero about two years ago. Um, now there's one in Sebastopol, Windsor, Sonoma, I think actually Petaluma yeah. and Santa Rosa. And and just, and- just to add, uh, add on that, it, it, so this is a place where you might take your bottles and refill them to get detergent or soap or, or various things like that. Yeah, I reside in Windsor. <laughs> I was at the Windsor shop and they even had your laundry detergent, but it mm-hmm. was, it was in the shape of a light piece of paper and you just put the paper into the washing machine and that's actually for a whole load. But the neat thing is because they're selling the laundry detergent in these papers, you're not paying for the weight of all the water to go here and there. The paper just uses the water that's already in your washing machine. So you actually save on travel costs, all that kind of stuff, just by removing the water out of the detergent and just using straight detergent. Have you seen other cities, either around the state, the country, or the world, that you say, that's a target we ought to be, or even as a county, we ought to be moving or doing some of the things that they're doing? We have really good examples throughout the United States, as well as abroad. The Bay Area is actually one of the most progressive areas in the United Mm -hmm. States. So I'd say the majority of the communities look to the Bay Area and the programs that we're implementing here. But there's some neat things happening out there. Recently, the state of Maine and the state of Oregon passed an extended producer responsibility legislation, EPR. And EPR places the financial burden on the producers of products versus the rate payers. So in our current system, the rate payers all pay for the management of everything being disposed. In the EPR system, the producers of those products like PepsiCo, Johnson & Johnson, anyone you think of that produces a product actually pays for the end-of-life proper management of these products. And we see that already happening in Western Europe and Canada. Right across the border, if you were in Toronto, the whole Blue Bin program is financed by the producers, by the products industry, not the ratepayers. So it makes them part of the solution and part of, because if they're packaging, you know, if their products are less weight, then there's less material to move through the system. So EPR paying the financial burden of the products that they produce. And it also incentivizes them to lightweight their products and really think about the packaging of their products is something that we do see throughout, you know, I think Germany probably invented it with the green dot system. And it's really something that, that we should move towards. We do have 10 products in California that are EPR. That includes paint, mercury thermostats, fluorescent oh no, oil, carpet, mattresses, and a few other. And these are just problematic products for us to manage. Mm-hmm. So those companies should help pay the costs. Mm-hmm. Is there one area that you'd love to really address and you think would make a big difference? So many components of it make a big difference. I think the biggest difference is remembering that reusing and refusing if it's not recyclable or compostable 
are just as important and even probably more so important. It's something that we're trying to focus more on now is the reuse. We actually have our first fix-it clinic coming up May 14th in Santa Rosa. And what that means is if you have products, we've connected with fixers of products and for free, you bring your products and I'll teach you how to fix it. My other life, I publish Make Magazine in our current issues uh, on repair. And the right to repair. We're seeing legislation like that too. And the planned obsolescence of products, thinking about your cell phone and how fast the battery dies within a few years. Absolutely. In a sense, manufacturers have been successful at creating laws to almost disable consumers from repairing things Mm -hmm. that they feel they should be able to if they own the device. It's crazy. We have to have a law, the right to repair. Exactly. Every community has some group of people. I don't know how large it is. It doesn't have to be many, but they actually are dedicated to repair. They find it fascinating. It's like a detective work. You know, what's the problem here? Can I solve it? These fix-it clinics are great examples of people come in and they not only want to help you, but they want to teach you how you can help yourself to learn how to repair things. And I think also that like used cars, there's such a great market for people who can't afford a new car to buy an old car. But you don't think that way about cell phones, for instance, quite the same Absolutely. way. I look forward to seeing your fix-it clinics there. Leslie, thank you for your time today. Let me ask you a question. What's a book that you've read recently that you'd recommend for for other Sonoma County residents to read. There's a really great book called Zero Waste Home. It's written by a woman, Bea Johnson, who lives actually in Marin County and has lived a zero waste lifestyle. And she's found a way to create absolutely zero waste in her household for the last 10 years uh, before it was even a term most people knew. And she's a family of four with two teenage boys now. And she can fit a whole year's worth of actual trash in a jar. And she has every single year of the last 10 years. And it's just really a lifestyle. So there's so much that we can do. So that book is great to just show you what you can do to live a more zero waste lifestyle. Thank you, Leslie. Great. Thank you so much.